Hey, good morning, everybody. Anybody know what the subject is for today yet? Heaven. There you go. Hey, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 14. Matthew, Matthew, can you turn that screen on right behind you, please? The far left button underneath the front lip. There we go. Matthew, uh, did I say Matthew? John chapter 14. We're going to get this thing, we're going to get this party started somewhere, one way or another. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Last week we did verse 1 and we had communion together. What a blessing that was after so long. And he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And really what it, the depth of it is don't let your hearts continue to, to be troubled. We're going to face trouble in this world. But don't let our hearts continue to be troubled by it. Why, why and how? Well, he gave us the answer is to believe in him to believe in God and to believe in Jesus, the Son, trust in Him. And so we need to put our hope in Him and go to the cross and go to the empty tomb and, and just know that, that, that our strength and our hope and our help is all found in, in our faith in, in God, and, and that's where it lies. So today, though, we're going to carry on from there, and we're going to talk about a place prepared. We're going to talk about heaven that, that is a place prepared for us. It's a home. It's a home. Now, yesterday uh, in our fellowship, a, a couple in our fellowship, they moved into a new home. And it's a home of their own. They bought it. Of course, they're making payments forever. Uh, you know how that goes. Not, not many of us have enough money to go and buy the house with cash, right? And, but, but it's a home. It's where they're going to live. It's where they're going to put down some roots. They're going to stay. They're going to be there. And and it's a decision, you know, they made. You know, uh, thinking back on, our, on my own life and my family, uh, you know, I grew up in San Diego, and we lived there. I lived in that house, you know, for uh, almost 20 years and never lived anywhere else until, uh, you know, I, I went away to school. I lived with my brother for a while after that. But... Uh, lived there for a long time, but then once we got married, we like, we like moved. Uh, I think we lived uh, in 26 different places uh, over a period of like 20 years. So, I mean, we'd be in one place six months, then one place for a year, a year and a half, and it was just like that. We were always moving. We, in fact, uh, my wife, uh, she, Paula, was such an incredible mover, she just knew. She would have it ready before we ever moved. And then we'd go to help other people move, and they weren't even ready when we got there. And we're like, don't you know how to do this? Well, of course we know how to do it because we've been doing it so often, so frequently and, and, and that. But so home was kind of elusive, really. It was just a place where you, you know, you ate your meals and, and that kind of thing. And we moved a lot. Uh, and, and then we got to Rhode Island, and we, we, we began to see what it's like to stay in one place, in one house. We lived in, in uh, a house in in Gorton Lake uh, for like nine years, and that was like the longest we'd ever been anywhere. And then now, and now we're uh, in a place, we've been there for 20 years, and now we don't know how to move. So if we ever have to move, like what are we going to do? You're going to have to come help us, because we forgot everything. So home, you know, it's a place to stay. It's a place that's, that, that, 
that you can, again, hang your hat and, and just be yourself in, right? Home is a, it's a very important concept, a very important thing. And, and sometimes homes are difficult, I get that. You know, I know the home I grew up in was a difficult home. And so we kind of, some of us know what, that, what that's like too, you know, where homes aren't so good. But, but there's going to be one final move. And that's what I want to talk about today. And that's, that's what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 14. There's going to be one final move that we can look forward to. And, and I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. Are you looking forward to that last move? I'm looking forward to it. He said, don't let your hearts continue to be troubled. And one of the reasons, the first reason he gives is that we have a place that's going to be ready for us and, and we can look forward to it. One, one person said this, we can look ahead and we can sense what lies beyond our experience in this world and find comfort, that there's something better. We sang about it. There's a better place waiting for me. And, and Warren Wiersbe said, Jesus was saying to his disciples, you're going to heaven. And that should get us excited. You're going to heaven. This isn't all there is. So let's pick it up here. We're just going to do verses 2 and 3 today. John chapter 14. He says, In my Father's house, verse 2, are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I'm going to prepare a place. But first he says it's my father's house, and I think there's something about that just in that itself. There's, it's my father's house, and, and we sang about it today too. It's a big, big house. It's a big, big house. And I think we have to continually ask the question, are you going there? Are you going there? You know, you've heard people say, you know, if you died today, do you know you're going to heaven? Are you going to the Father's house? Uh, when I would spend time with my parents, I'd say, you know what? You're get uh, I wouldn't say it like this, but the gist of it was, you're getting older now. Are you ready for what happens? Are you ready to go to heaven? And, and, and that's really the, the, the thing we need to, to grapple with, to deal with, and he's going to be talking about this really in these verses and the next verses as well. But he says, in my father's house, there's many rooms. He's a lot of them. There's, a lot of, there's enough rooms for all who would want to go there. Now, there's a little bit of, uh, of difference in the translations of this word. How many of you know a different translation? In my father's house, there are many mansions the king james says so so we've got this concept of mansions and i and i i think you know the person that translated they when they got together and they translated that they they were thinking about the glory of it they weren't exactly translating uh the word you know with you know uh, uh, exact translation as far as mansions now you know it really it really means dwelling places a place to live a place to uh, that would be for you a staying it means an abiding place a dwelling an abode a residence but we've got this idea of mansions so i've i i, I picked this one out uh for myself uh i, I kind of like this one you know i like water they got water all over the place here i mean they got water everywhere here you know 
big giant Disneyland looking thing in the front. <laughs> Water over here and a fountain and over here. And then, of course, it looks like the ocean. So uh, is it OK if I have that one? Or, or maybe you, you like you know, being in the country a little bit. This one's for you. That's, that's, that's OK. It's a little on the small side. So, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's not like that at all, really. Maybe it's one of these tiny houses. You've heard about the tiny houses craze now? Can you fit all your stuff in the tiny house? <laughs> you won't need any stuff. You can't take any of your stuff with you when you go, though, right? You know that? They say there's no U-Haul trailers attached to the hearse. Hearse. Hearst, Hearst. So could you live there? That's kind of a cool little place. Or maybe this one, a little more modern. Or, or maybe it's just a room, right? Maybe it's just a room that you're going to go to. And I, 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 I picked this one. Be a nice room. If it's just a room, you know, nice view, that. Or this one's kind of nice, too. It's a little washed out on this picture. But you can see the cities behind and, the, and then the sea. I don't know, you know, what, what it's going to be like. You know, there's some things about heaven that we know, and there's some things we don't know. Some of it is just got, you got to wait till you get there to find out. You know, you wait till you get there to really see what it's all about. David Guzik said this, though, whatever, whatever dwelling place God has for us in heaven, it will be as glorious as a mansion. As glorious as a mansion. In other words, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's big or small, but it's going to be a glorious thing. It's a glorious place that he's prepared for us. When Jesus prepares something, it's going to be ready. It's going to be good. He says, I go. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. You know, uh, when, they, when they were getting ready to have this meeting that they're having now in the upper room, uh, Jesus said, you know, he sent his disciples ahead to kind of get the room ready, that it would be all prepared and, and ready for them to have this upper room discourse as time together. And, and so the same word was used, you know, there would be a room that would be furnished and it would be prepared. And the place that he's going, you know, that he's getting ready for us, and I had to think about this a little bit. You know, he says, I go to prepare, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'm thinking, well, if, is, it, is it just heaven? Because what do you need to get ready in heaven? Heaven is a perfect place, right? There, there's no, you know, uh, deconstruction that they need to do so they can build something. But when we talked about where Jesus said in the last chapter, where, you know, I'm going, you can't go now, you will go later. There were two things that he was speaking about. One was the cross, and the other was heaven. So really those two things are part of the preparation to, be, to enable us to go to heaven. The first place he had to go was to the cross. Without the cross, you and I are not going anywhere. We're definitely not going to heaven without what Jesus did on the cross and the, and the resurrection. But then, he, but then he was going to heaven, so I, I don't really know what exactly it, it is that he had to prepare. Well, you could say, well, he was, you know, his father was a carpenter, right? So he was probably trained as a carpenter. So he had to do some certain things to get things ready. 
and, and maybe, you know, it's not such a place that's, that, that doesn't change at all. Maybe there are, there are building projects taking place in heaven. We don't really know all of that. But what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, a verse that many of us have heard, it says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even picture, we can't even imagine it. We, we've never seen it. The things that God has prepared, and that's the same word, that God has prepared these things for those who love him. Not for everybody. It's not this universal thing where everybody's going to heaven, but those who love him, those who believe in him, those who trust him. But then he goes on, we never quote the next verse, verse 10, if you can see it at the bottom, it says, but God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Now, as I said, he hasn't revealed everything to us, but he has revealed a lot of things to us. So there are some things that we know about, the Bible, about heaven from what the scriptures tell us. Now, you have people, and I'm sure you've heard about it or seen it or read the books, you know, so-and-so, you know, they had this experience where they died and they went to heaven for 30 minutes or whatever it might be. And Paul himself talks about going up to the third heaven, uh, but, but they really don't tell us. And, and we do, do, we, do we know that everything these people have said is true or not? Well, we don't really know. We don't really know what that was all about. So what we, what we can go by is what? What the Bible tells us. That's, that's one thing that we can take to the bank. And so uh, I just made a quick list of some things. Uh, and the first thing is this, that Jesus will be there. That's what he says here in John chapter 14, verse 3. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back. I'm take you to be with me where that you may take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So the most important thing, the biggest thing is that Jesus will be there. But it goes on in Revelation chapter 21 and, and verse 22, and, and some of these things do develop over time, but, but it's interesting to see. And, and, and just the list is, is massive. I had to put it on three slides. We're not going to talk about each one, but it's the dwelling of God. The dwelling of God, uh, Revelation 21, 3. Uh, 21, 4, and 5, there'll be no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain, no darkness. Just that alone is enough for me to want to go there. That alone. Verse 521, he says, everything there is going to be brand new. Nothing broken down. You know, the houses that we live in now, we've got to keep painting them. We've got to keep doing all this work. Like, you, you know, you should be able to do something and it's good forever, right? You change that faucet and like, it's going to be good forever now. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, you've got to change the thing again shines, verse 11, with the glory of God, the Shekinah glory, amazing glory of God. That is something that you and I, we can't even imagine how bright that, that's going to be. Three of the disciples got to see a little picture of it in the Mount of Transfiguration when they, when they you know, it, it says that Jesus was transformed, transfigured before them and was shining and they got to see some of that glory. There are going to be precious stones and gold. Sometimes that's all we think about. I just want to get to the gold. But that's just one thing. 
There's nothing impure, nothing shameful, nothing deceitful there. The water of life will be there. The tree of life will be there, chapter 22. There'll be no curse. The curse that's on this earth, there will be no curse in heaven. Why do we see death here? Why do we see disease? Why do we see all the, the ugliness and the sin and the wickedness? Because of the curse that came. We read about it in Genesis chapter 3. It says there in, in 22 verse 3, it says the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. The throne of God and the Lamb will be there. That's, a, that's incredible. That's exciting that we're going to see his throne. Chapter 22, verse 4, also found in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, we're going to see his face. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we see as, you know, through a glass darkly, we kind of see it, we see it, you know, an image, but we don't see his face. But we're going to see his face when we get there. And then finally in verse 17, he says that it's open to all. This is at the very, very end of the book now. It's open to all who are thirsty. All who want to go there, it's open. It's ready for us. Do you want to go there? Do you want to see any of those things? Any of you? Larry does. Are you just happy here? This is such a wonderful place we have here. You know, we do, I do love where I live. I love a lot of things about it, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, aren't so good either. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Look what he says in verse 3. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. So the first promise is that he's preparing a place. The second one he, that he gives to his disciples to cheer them up, to, that they, they have hope that their hearts don't need to be so heavy, is that he's going to come back. He's going to come back for them. That's the blessed hope that Paul talks about in Titus chapter 2. The New Living Translation says this, When everything is ready, I will come back and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So that you will always be with me where I am. You know, the biggest thing and the best thing I think about heaven is to be there with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just to be there. Jesus says it in John chapter 17. He says, Father, he says, this is the heart of Jesus. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And he's speaking about heaven. He says, to see my glory and the glory that you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. I want you to be there. And this is what Jesus wants us to be. That's why he came to the earth. That's why he gave his life, because he wants us. He wants you to be there with him. David Guzik, again, he says this, the entire focus of heaven is being with Jesus. Heaven is heaven not because of streets of gold, or pearly gates, or the presence of angels. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. Again, it's not so much about the big mansion thing that might be waiting for us, or the room, or the place. It's, it's the fact that we're going to be there with Jesus, that we're going to be there with Him. And He's getting this place ready for you and for me. That's heaven. That's home. That's the final move. That's what I'm looking forward to.
The question is, when do we get to go? That's the question, I think. When, when do we get to go? When do we get to go to this place that he's preparing for us? If I could find the right slide, there it is. When? He said, he said in chapter 13 to his disciples, you know, I'm going, but you can't come. You can't come with me now. He says you're going to come later. So, so we can't go right now. We're not going to go right now, he was telling his disciples, but you are going to come there later. So when we think about it for us now, we know all those disciples that heard those words are with him right now, right? But for you and I, they're really kind of, there are kind of some questions that we, when we think about this. Number one, I think that we need to think about is when we die. When we die, what's going to happen? You think about when Jesus was on the cross, right, and he was speaking to the one of the thieves on the cross next to him, what did he say to him? Anybody remember? This day. This day you will be with me in paradise. Now, as I said, there's some things that develop, and you, you know, at Re- Revelation 21 and 22, some of those things are developing, the new Jerusalem and, and the, you know, city that he's preparing and all that. But the fact of the matter is, he said, you will be with me in paradise today. You will be with me. Again, the biggest thing, the most important thing about heaven is to be with him. To be with him forever and ever. Paul the Apostle, speaking about it, uh, he says, speaking about being in this body, this physical body, he says, if, I'm, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor. For me yet what shall I choose I do not know he says I'm torn between the two I desire to depart and be with Christ which is better by far uh, you know he says I'm torn you know I, I can stay here and I can stay busy I've got things to do fruitful labor uh, fruitful labor but he says I'm torn between the two I, I would prefer to go and be with Christ that's the better thing it's much better he goes on to say, but, he, but I know I'm supposed to stay here until I finish what you've called me to do. So, so again, we, we desire to depart and be with Christ, but we don't take that into our own hands. We don't make that happen, right? We wait for his timing. And I think you know what I'm talking about. We stay busy until he says it's time. So that's the first thing, I think. When are we going to be with him in this place, in this, in this eternal glory with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? When we die, for sure. The second, the second thing that comes up when we're thinking about this is really the rapture. And, and, and this is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, I will read it to you. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then he says this, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. 
at the time of the rapture, th this is what will take place. We'll be with him forever. That's the, the theme that we find throughout. That this, this place we, called we call heaven, this place we are looking forward to is a place where we're going to be with him forever. Now, I think uh, I'll just mention this for for after the rapture, there will, will be future believers, obviously, and then there are plans that God has that will take place. But this place called heaven, this place called heaven, they, they did some research a few years ago, and, and, and 72%, 72% of Americans uh, say that they believe in heaven. 70, that's like one out of, you know, three out of every four, right? Say they believe in heaven. But the interesting thing about it is this. When they ask them what, you know, to, to define that, they would say this, where people who have led good lives are eternally rewarded. Did, did you catch that? Is that what the Bible says? No. Let me read it one more time. Where people who have led good lives are eternally rewarded. So when you talk to someone, hey, do you believe in heaven? Yeah, I do. Well, what do you, you know, how do you get there? Well, you know, I've been a good person. You know, if you're good, you're going to go there. Unless you're like Charlie Manson, you're probably going to go there. But it's interesting that three quarters of the people believe in a place called heaven. They're confused, I think, about how you get there, but they believe that there is a place. And, and, and the words that Jesus are using, is using in this passage uh, about a place, it, it really means a literal place. It's not just a, a kind of a spiritual thing. It's a literal, real place. John Corson points out that the Bible speaks of heaven over 500 times. 500 times. That, when something's talked about that many times in the Bible, you say it's kind of a big deal. It's a very big deal. Not, you know, if, if something's mentioned 10 times, you say, well, that's kind of important. But over 500 times, some you know, put the number up to like 700, 800. It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. But Abraham, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, you all know who Abraham is, found in in uh, the book of Genesis, Abraham's one of my favorite guys. I don't know why, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, just to, just to talk to him and see if he's got a really a bit long beard or something like uh, Phil Robertson. Uh, by the way, I just read a book about Phil Robertson. You know who that is? And uh, he's got a very strong faith, very strong faith. I don't know about that beard, though. But Abraham, it says in the book of Hebrews, this, it says this, Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He's looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You know what? Our architects, they, they, they plan stuff out here, but you know what? When God is the architect... That's the place I want. That's the house I want. That's the, the room, the dwelling place that I want. Abraham, it says, he was looking forward to that. 
It says there also that, you know, the, that those in the, the hall of faith is what Hebrews chapter 11 is called. It says they were aliens and they were strangers on earth. Aliens and strangers on earth. It says they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. For God has prepared a city for them. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, for God has prepared a city for them. And, and that's what, what Jesus is talking about right here in, in John chapter 14. I want to go. I want to go. I, I still, and I, I, you guys hear me say this, you know, I still think about Bill Kinneman. Uh, you know, the last time I heard him speak uh, was in the hospital room and and he quoted, you know, verses out of Philippians. He said, you know, to live is Christ, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he said, I'll see you up there. He pointed up. I'll see you there. He knew. He knew. Yeah, it was difficult. It's difficult here. And, and it doesn't mean we, we do what we can to get out of here any sooner than God says it's time. But, but we got to know and encourage one another the word, with these words that, that we've got an eternal home that, that Jesus said he's preparing for us. It's a place. It's an eternal home. I mentioned this before, and I, and, and I think most of you understood when I gave that definition of the world's definition of heaven is, is how do we get there? Well, it, it, it's not you know, by living good lives. It's not by you know, doing good things. I, I, you know... This, this concept of, you know, well, if I do enough good things on the scale to outweigh, you know, the bad things, then I'm going to go to heaven. Uh, and that's a very, it's a common, it's a human common concept, and it's found in, in pretty much every religion except Christianity. But the, the, the crazy thing is that some Christians think that's what the Bible teaches, but the, the Bible teaches the, you know, that that's not even true, that we can't get there by any good works, by the, you know, even one good work or, you know, uh, you know, mostly good works. We can't get there that way because one bad work, one sin is enough to keep us out of heaven. Why? Because it's such a glorious, glorious place. There's nothing evil. There's no sin in heaven and, and, and sin can't go. We can't go if we're, if we do anything. So any of you, any of you said you can tell me you've lived a perfectly sinless life? Have you lived a perfectly sinless day today? How about hour? You know, it, 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 it's, you know we're, we're, we're not perfect, but that's why we need Jesus. And next week we're going to talk about in more depth this idea that Jesus said he was the only way. Why? Because of the cross. No one else died for you. Buddha didn't die for you. Muhammad didn't die for you. None of these other guys died for you. But Jesus died on a cross for you and for me to pay the price for our sin, to get us a ticket into heaven. Like I said, there, there's a couple who, who just moved into a new house and they're going to be making payments forever. Or it feels like that. But our ticket to heaven, our, you know, the mortgage has been completely paid. That's why Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. It's all paid up. 
You don't have to pay anything to get there. You don't have to pay anything when you get there. And you're going to get to heaven and, and you know, okay, Jesus is going to say, you know, you can start making your payments now. And you've got to do this and this and this. And eventually, you know, you'll, you'll own that place. No, no. It, the, the deed is already paid. It's already paid. You know, it's like when you get done paying for your mortgage, then, you know, the, the, you rip up the thing. Well, I don't know if, you know, that's a good idea because you probably need that to prove that it's paid, you know. Maybe, maybe the bill part of it. You pay that, you rip. Any of you ever done that? Rip that thing up? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you get, you'll get there. It's not by living a good life, but it's trusting in Jesus. The last scripture I want to put on the uh, screen is one of my favorites is Colossians chapter 6. Three says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The, the antidote to being troubled in this life is, is where we're focused. He says, set your hearts and your minds on things above. If we're totally focused on this world and, and everything in this world, man, we're going to be bummed out. We're going to be completely depressed. If you're focused on yourself, you're going to really be depressed. But keep your mind, set your minds, your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. I'm going home. I don't know about you. I think about that, you know. I could have gone home three years ago, but it wasn't time yet. I don't know when I'm going to go. Uh, the Lord knows the exact number of days for each one of us. It says that in Psalm 139. He knows the exact number of days. I don't know when that is, but He knows. But when it's time, you know what? You don't even got to pack a bag. You just go. When it's time to go, you go. And you know what? We're going to be with Him. We're going to be with him forever and ever. That's the glorious thing about it. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus who came, who, who came to this earth. He knew what he was going to face, but he did it because of the love that you had for us the heart that you had, that you want us to be with you in heaven forever. You want it to be like what the Garden of Eden was, walking with you, talking with you, being with you. Father, it's, it's hard in this, in this earth. and it, Yeah, we have some good times, and, and not everything is bad. I know that, but, but it's nothing compared to what you have prepared for us. Nothing. We, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, no mind has imagined the things that you prepared for those who love you. Father, uh, help us to be busy and to use the time wisely while we're here, while we're waiting, that we'd be sold out for you in the meanwhile because this world is not our home. We're, our citizenship is in heaven. We're just here. We're just aliens. We're strangers. Father, I pray for any that might be hearing these words that, that you don't know 
You're not sure you're going there. Well, Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and through him you can go. And, and that's what you need to do is give your life to Jesus Christ and trust him. Let him in. And pray and say, Jesus, please, I want to go to heaven. I, I, I want what you have. And I, I, I come to the cross. I come and I confess that I'm, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. And I, I need saving. Rescue me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together, shall we, and sing.